0: Hello, and welcome to another
1: episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Ded, lead, C- uh, lead writer for CBS Sports. Joined today by my homie, Lori Lindsay, former USWNT midfielder. On this segment, we're going to be chatting a bit about the United States women's national team roster drop ahead of the April friendlies. Before we start taking a deep dive into the names and everything else, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter. For all news and updates at Attacking Third, we also have a TikTok. You can watch cool highlights. You can watch breakout videos of of me or Lisa, or maybe we'll get Lindsay to do, or Lori to, here to do some. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But either way, go follow our new TikTok. And if you're joining us live on YouTube, welcome. Dro- drop us a comment. Uh, some of you are already doing that, so thank you. You've been hanging out, waiting for us to go live and get our takes. And uh, let's go ahead, jump right into them. Lori, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm glad to be able to do this with you one more time
2: yeah great to see you thanks for having me on um always fun chatting and yeah i say yes already to the TikTok. so
1: (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll have we'll have some fun with it we'll have some fun with it maybe we'll plan some some content planning for it but we gotta chat united states women's national team we're we're gonna start introducing a lot more of these types of segments uh you and and lisa already threw down on a really good episode uh talking about the united states women's national team hour we're gonna have some more of that moving forward this year in 2022 So not only did we kick off our first uh, United States Women's National Team Hour this week, but now we also have a roster to chat about. So now you and I are going to go a little back and forth on this and maybe go over uh, the names that we're seeing on them, the names that we don't see on it, Let's take a look at this roster. I'm going to go ahead and just rattle off some names here for you folks just so you can uh, you know, get reminded of who's on there or who's not. 23-player roster for April Friendlies against Uzbekistan coming up in April. Three goalkeepers, Bella Bigsby, Aubrey Kingsbury, Alyssa Nair, seven defenders, Alana Cook, Abby Dal Kemper, we've got Imani Dorsey, Emily Fox, Sofia Huerta, Naomi Gurma, Kelly O'Hara. Midfielders with eight, Lindsey Horan, Jalen Howell, Rose Lavelle, Katerina Macario, Christy Mewis, Sam Mewis, Ashley Sanchez, and Andy Sullivan. And for the forward core, running out with five with Ashley Hatch, Mallory Pugh, Margaret Purse, Trinity Rodman, and Sophia Smith. Before we get into this, Let's let me I want to get your thoughts on on this, uh, Lori, because I think we knew already going into this announcement that there were going to be two pretty big names not on this roster. Uh, We got Chicago Red Stars and Kansas City Current putting out, hey, season ending injuries to these two players for their respective clubs. And we knew right away we weren't going to see them on this roster. Your thoughts on, on, on them not being able to be a part of this team?
2: Yeah. I mean, well, one, it's just, bu- it's a bummer, right? Anytime you yeah. see major injuries um, to any player is, is just it's disappointing and it's saddening. And the fact that like, you know how much effort and preparation and everything that goes in behind the scenes and how much these players love the game. So for them to have to be out and then now, you know, turn their attention to to rehab and, and the surgery prior um, it's just a lot. So, and it's mentally and emotionally challenging, but um, you know, on the brighter side, if there is one, not necessarily for these players, but for others, um, you know, it does. It's something that Black Anonofsky said, It opens up some spots um, for some other players. And that's what this league, you know, it is one of the aspects it's all about, is being a, allow players to be in competitive environments. And then when they get their chance to make the most of it. And so these slots are opening up for some players.
1: Yeah, we're we're looking at 23 players in terms of this overview, right? We're we're obviously targeting the two uh, big names in terms of the most recent news of of them not being available. But there's maybe some some other things within this roster that we can go through and and maybe ask, uh, you know, some questions of this roster, especially going up against the opposition that they're going to be facing with Uzbekistan, right? There's already been a ton of conversation once these friendlies got announced. They're a a lower-ranked team. I think I believe it's 48th overall, right? And then this is the top-ranked team in the world. So there was already maybe some of that perspective going into this prior to this roster drop that, hey, maybe based on the opposition, we might see a similar roster that we have been seeing over the last few months, over the last uh, several uh, international windows, right? With uh, a certain names that Vlako Adonovsky still wants to continue to see and evaluate moving forward. When you're looking at this roster and we're seeing the familiarity, what stands out to you across this roster? Like in terms of players who maybe are, are making a return into, into the mix of things.
2: Yeah, I, well, I, I look directly more at the attacking players, in particular, Trini Rodman, Ashley Sanchez, um, Mallory Pugh being back in the mix. I think those three players, Mal Pugh, the start that she's had already in the first two games, I think she's been um, just magnificent, really just a new, different confidence that we've seen her. We started seeing her grow into that um, last season, but really um, starting off um, – with like a wonderful goal. And then also just, um, you know, just with her play in general. And then with Ashley Sanchez and Chiny Rodman, we know the season they had last year, Ashley Sanchez in particular, another one that started off, I think yeah. is such a bright spot this year. So I'm looking at those because when we think about big names again, that aren't on this roster, you think about Megan Rapinoe, Alex Morgan, Kristen yeah. press. So these players are the ones that are coming in and filling those vacant spots. And, you know, Honestly, it's massive for those players because you see the confidence that they're building by getting that experience in this camp and then now bringing that back to their NWSL clubs and then performing at the level that that, um, their ceilings allow for them to.
1: I want to chat a little bit maybe about the defensive side of things, right? Maybe we can go uh, line by line or or position by position, right? When we're looking at the goalkeepers here, uh, we're seeing the return of Alyssa Nair, right? She had already uh, gotten some matches, uh, got some minutes under her belt during the She Believes Cup, getting back into the mix of uh, training camps with this senior level roster after sustaining that injury in the Olympics. But we're also seeing the return of uh, Thorne's goalkeeper Bella Bigsby mm-hmm. and Spirit goalkeeper Aubrey Kingsbury. We don't see uh, Casey Murphy in this mix at the moment. She is a goalkeeper who has been named to some of these rosters. But she's been dealing with uh, what the North Carolina Courage have been, have been listing on the availability reports as a uh, right knee injury. So she is uh, has been out for these last couple of weeks for the Challenge Cup matches, and it looks like she's not going to be part of these uh, April friendlies for the team. When you're looking at these goalkeepers, uh, is there anyone that you're looking to see get a start against this uh, Uzbekistan side?
2: You know, that's a good question. Um, And it is a bummer not to see Casey Murphy after how she's done um, in the recent games and the recent call-ups with the national team. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised though, if we see a listener, get some more minutes back in, maybe get a start at least in one of these games. And then I think at this point in time, we're seeing Bella Bixby, as you just mentioned, get back in, but I would like to see, um, Aubrey Kingsbury get, um, an opportunity. She's been called into some camps and, you know, has proven herself done well with the Washington spirit. So I think at least in one of these two games, I would like to see her get the start, um, and, and see how she kind of um, performs at this level.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think what we saw out of this player, I think even at the tail end of 2021, right, in terms of those Australia friendlies and then rolling in to 2022, Casey Murphy showing she can hang with that goalkeeper union. Right. So hopefully that knee injury is more just sort of a precautionary tale of just sort of taking things slowly and seeing how things go along. But, you know, when this when this type of stuff happens, right, they're kind of presented as opportunities. Right. So we'll see what happens. I Kingsbury has gotten a couple Collins, right, uh, has uh, gone up in training, I'm sure, against uh, some pretty high flying attacks against her spirit teammates uh, in, in Rodman and in Sanchez and in Hatch. So uh, I think when it comes to the opposition in, in this match, when we're looking ahead to Uzbekistan, I would I would like to maybe see one of these games uh, go to Kingsbury, maybe at least get a half in at least to sort of see how we're looking here. Uh, something else that we need to talk about a little bit in terms of big names right when it comes to this team or um, maybe not the biggest names it depends on who you're talking to or who's a fan of who right mm-hmm. but when it comes to familiar names names that have been with this team for a very long time you know I know we've we've been covering this team as extensively as we have we've we've been in those press conferences with black and Danaki. he's 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 mentioned that this window of time that these last several months in a couple couple months moving into the future here ahead of CONCACAF qualifiers that he wants to utilize a lot of these matches, a lot of these international windows to ensure that players who are part of a larger pool continue to get more evaluation, right? And continue to get more time in the pitch. And he has been asked relentlessly by media, right? As we've heard and seen in some of these cases, where's where's Kristen Press? Where's Alex Morgan? Where's Megan Rapino? You know, where's, you know, have you talked to them? What's what's the conversations like? And he has uh, he has answered these same questions multiple times, and I think in his most recent conference, he made the the joke about like, hey, like there's a reason why you don't call in certain players mm-hmm. any you know more. And then he made the uh, the joke about Amia Hamm or or Julie Foudy. But then he further expressed <laughs> like, you know, that these players you wanted to see them getting time with their NWSL clubs, right? Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at a player like Kristen Press, when we're looking at a player like Alex Morgan, just getting a couple weeks out there in terms of actual matches uh with their new respective clubs um are you like in agreement that this maybe isn't the window to see those type of big names considering that these are two friendlies against uh, uzbekistan or are you looking to maybe or are you looking to maybe see those type of players get into a camp like this and go against a team that they haven't faced before
2: yeah, no, I, I actually think that it makes sense that they're not in At first, I was a little bit thinking that Lisa Kristen Press would get back into the mix um with h- how she started the Challenge Cup in the first two games. She looks lively, she looks healthy. She looks like she's having a lot of fun. I thought at least she would get a call in for okay. sure. Um, so I was a bit surprised on that just to get her back into the mix. And I yeah. think you know one thing that Lisa and I talked about last night in the new segment is, you know, having a little bit of that balance between some of um the veteran players and some of the new experience. And you know, I think a player like Becky Sauerbrunn has provided that. Um she's not even in this camp. So um a little bit surprising in that to just how long Kristen Press has been out, but then also completely makes sense as well. You have a lot of injuries, you need to get players time because you have some, as we've mentioned, that are going to be out for significant amount of time. So you have to be able to give players, you know what Kristen Press can provide you. Yeah. So continue to get experience. I mean, we knew that um in, in case of point, it's like a Trinity Rodman, right? Wasn't originally on the She Believes Cup. Then there was an injury, she's brought in, she's brought in right away. Right. So yeah. just keep giving these players and there's only four matches until they have to choose the four national team matches for the choose a world cup qualifying roster. So not a lot of significant time together. And again, you know what you can get from some of these um, veteran players really have to get a, a good look at what players, how they can perform against different teams moving forward.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think with such a limited window of games, this is really the time that the coaching staff has to try to continue and evaluate some of these players uh, ahead of that qualifying competition that's going to take place this summer, right, in July. And it's going to be away. They're going to be going to Mexico, right? So they really want to try to settle things out. you know. But I'm a little curious. I think you brought up a really good point about Trinity Rodman. And I'm with you on that. I, I do wonder... If maybe like the timeline of things with with the naming of this roster, right? The making the phone calls, the sending mm-hmm. out the emails to players, like telling them like, hey, like we want you as part of this camp. I do wonder with the timeline of things now with 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 Lynn Williams and her injury being announced very very recently, right on the tail end of uh Davidson's uh, injury announcement. I do wonder if if maybe there's already conversations being had about possibly getting players into this camp and and growing it a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I'm bit curious if if maybe after some of these performances maybe we're going to have a midweek match that happens in Challenge Cup. <laughs> you know maybe there's going to be an extra email that's sent out or an extra phone call that's made like hey like uh how about getting into uh this senior camp with us and, and ahead of Uzbekistan so um you know, whether or not we, there is still time to to get somebody like a Kristen Press, you know, into the mix of things. And, and like you said, at least start to start, you know, reintegrating yourself back into the mix. In terms of moving on from 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 names, familiar names that are missing, but surprising names back in in the mix for for this roster, Who who's standing out across this roster as uh, players who are sort of, you know, are those ones reintegrating back with the team?
2: Yeah, I mean I think, you know, um getting Emily Fox continued minutes, I wouldn't say she was really somebody that you've reintegrated because she's been in the um been in, in the more the more recent camps with C- I mean, she's been excellent um yeah. with racing Louisville as well. I mean, that's a much needed position, one of the outside backs. Um, so I, I'm happy to see her continue to see when she went down with that injury the other night, um, in their game, you can see how important she is, right? And just in terms of the mm-hmm. um, what she brings and solidifies in their back line. So it's good to see her in the mix as well. Um, you know, Sam Mewis is one limited minutes right now with Kansas city current. So I, I would like to see her to continue to get more minutes and kind of get back to the, the Sam Mewis that we're, we're used to seeing, right. Which is like mm-hmm. her range of passing, her ability to be able to open up games. I mean, when you look at like collectively, outside of a Lindsey Horan and yes, and Andy Sullivan and I'm now going to add in like three more players, (laughs) a Jalen Howe, but those those are different players, right? Like then, then, um, a Sam U.S. So I would like to see a bit more of like a, a Sam Lewis of like the 99. I said this last night, 1999, goodness <laughs> goodness. Oh, place. 2019 world cup where Sam could like drop deeper, open up the game. We haven't seen that in my opinion, in the most yeah. recent years with her. So um, she's a player that I would really like to kind of see um, yeah. able to back in, in that way.
1: Right on. I think I'm with you on that. You know, watching the challenge cup, and United States women's national team players within it. When you're looking at someone like Mewis, I I was kind of keeping an eye on that sort of, you know, minutes restriction right yep. having that week one going 45 i thought okay like maybe in chicago like maybe we'll see growth in that maybe we'll see like 60 minutes but uh, it was it was 45 and 45 for those yep. opening two weekends so I, i'm with you on that i'm a little curious to see um you know how how she's going to be doing or what the conversations are going to look like uh you know with that midfielder specifically ahead of facing uh uzbekistan or, or is this still going to be you know those types of friendlies where you know where Vlachkovy is like okay kids here are the keys take the car and run you know like are we yes. going to see a player like Howell maybe get tested uh, mm-hmm. you know as as part of that minutes restriction like is Sam you is going to go forty five and is Howell going to come in and maybe they adjust some things a little bit mm-hmm. in in that middle uh, third in terms of the, the the back line I know we're looking at uh, names reintegrating themselves as well with this camp we're seeing the return of Imani Dorsey in this roster someone who had to. unfortunately, 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 you know, pull out of, uh, you know, the January and she believes cup due to uh, an injury, but having a couple challenge cup games under her belt and some really good ones, honestly, she's been really active for Gotham FC out on that flank. So she's making a return back in and also Naomi Gurma getting back into the mix here with the U S national team in terms of that back line, which we know is going to have some major holes, right? Mm -hmm. especially, in the center back position. No Tierna Davidson. We're not going to see Becky Sauerbrunn. Uh, again, it's another one of these areas where it's it's obviously going to be, uh, you know, an opportunity for some of these players. Who is going to step up? Who or Who do you want to see maybe get some minutes or slot into some of these roles?
2: Yeah, well, not surprising about Naaman Germa. I don't think that I, – I would make the argument that I'm not sure she would have been on this roster if you didn't see Tierna Davidson or Becky Sauerbrunn out, but that is um, – the unfortunate reality for those players that are injured, but also a blessing for a Gurma to to be able to get in and and make her, make her case. Right. I mean, that's what it's all about. is taking your chances, but really the person or the player that I have my eye on is um, Sophia Werta. I I really enjoy her as a right back. I think she's um, building confidence in that position. And, you know, I think this would be interesting games because typically with the NWSL, we see a much more transitional style of play. Mm And then we come in and um, first time that the U.S. is going to be playing against Uzbekistan. And it's going to mirror what they're going to see in in qualifiers, I think, a lot. Not necessarily teams just completely sitting back, but at least being in a little bit more of a medium block. Going to be difficult. We talk about it all the time on how the U.S. is going to break these teams down. And I think that's the test in general for all of these players. But in particular, somebody like a a Huerta who likes to get forward, right? And can she bring a little bit of that that we've seen some of her sophistication and being able what ball she's playing in. Um, who, who is she combining with? We've seen her pinch in more centrally with OL rain, which I really enjoy. She scored a great goal off of her ability to get inside um, in their opening match in the challenge cup. So really I think it, it it's about her positioning that I'm looking forward to and, and what she can bring because that position to me is wide open. We don't see Emily Sonnet on the roster either. Yeah. Um, so, this is a great opportunity, I think, for Where to, to be able to, um, you know, make a case of her getting quite a bit more minutes and at least some, a couple um, starts in these next two matches.
1: Yeah, it's 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 been absolutely like quite the story arc to, to sort of follow, right, when it comes yeah. to uh, an individual player and, and their individual performances, uh, you know, with the, the national team sort of, uh, you know, Years back, we're talking 2017, right? Sort of getting into the mix, you know, and 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 being tasked with some different things positionally, and then just sort of fast forwarding to 2021, right? And being with OL Rain. Mm-hmm. Being connected with somebody like Laura Harvey, someone who is not unfamiliar with the U.S. Uh, national team uh, in terms of their needs and what they're looking for. And having a coach like Harvey kind of recognizing those things, right? Maybe putting two and two together and saying, you know right. what, I got a lot of talented players here on this on this rain side. I know Sophia Huerta isn't unfamiliar with this fullback position but we got to start getting her sometimes. And maybe it's a one of, it was one of those like a high risk, high rewards types of things. And we saw it later down the stretch in 2021, With Huerta getting more time at this position, almost kind of like getting stronger game by game, right? And now we're here in 2022, and she's got a couple games still at that same possession uh, position, excuse me, with Ole Rain, and still making an impact for club, right? And seeing uh, some of that kind of translate onto the pitch at the international stage at the senior level, which is kind of be huge for this team if they end up kind of yeah. starting to solidify that role, which I am in agreement with you. I think it's a little bit wide open right now, so she she's absolutely a player I think on that defensive line that people have to keep keep an eye on, and I wouldn't be surprised if maybe someone like an Imani Dorsey also gets some time yeah. uh, at, at that role, you know, with two matches that are coming up into play uh, because what we've been seeing out of Amani Dorsey over these last couple of weeks in Challenge Cup, when we're looking at the activity from Gotham's line, it's even just Sort of seeing like that specific player and their their passing map, right? And just kind mm. of outrageous. So I'm I'm excited to to see some combo of, of Huerta and Dorsey getting some time uh, out on the pitch. Maybe to close things out, let's show some love to the forwards a little bit, right? <laughs> let's let's talk yep. attack, attack, attack. Let's talk yep. goal, goal, goals. Listen, the one of the first things, one of the first narratives coming out of the announcement of these friendlies was like Uzbekistan. Yep. There better be some goals. Like yeah. that was the kind of you know that was kind of the perception that all, some people were having uh, when the announcement was made. They were like, "This is going to be the you know the first time that either of these teams have played each other in their respective programs' histories." And not only that, you have a number one going against the number forty-eight. Yeah. So a lot of folks are going to be looking at these five forwards for now, mm-hmm. saying produce some goals. So when we're looking at this forward line, Lindsay, who's sticking out and who do you want to see have uh, an impact during this international window?
2: Well, the two that really stick out right now is the two that I've been incredibly impressed with early on in these challenge cup games, which is Sophia Smith and Mal Pugh. I think that they have been, I think their movement, their um, ability when they're on the ball is, is dangerous, their movement off the ball. And, I would say neither Chicago nor Portland looks the way they do or is performing in the way that they are uh, without those two players. They would look completely different. I think they draw so much attention. So those two players, I would like to see what that looks like um, against the, in these two matches, again, going back to kind of the same, you know, not much has changed. There's a reason why, obviously, COVID restrictions and stuff that we have talked about, getting teams over here. There's a lot that goes in, right? To yeah, yeah. Who comes over and plays? We know Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, but also, there is something to be said about these teams being tight defensively and mirroring, as I mentioned, what some of the qualification teams are gonna mm-hmm. um, gonna look like. And how do these players create space? What does their movement look like uh, when there's not as much space? Because yeah. You know, the game against San Diego for Portland the other night, it was pretty transitional game. Fun yeah. to watch, exciting, but that opens up and plays right into Sophia Smith's hands because she's agile. She wants to move. She's direct. She wants to take players on, whether she's just running to get into a position and goal or she's with the ball. So not going to have that much room. So how can she create? How can she link link up? Can we get a little bit more nuanced and precise with our final passes, with our combination play? Um, so those two for sure I'll be looking yeah. for. But also, Katarina Macario, listed as a midfield. I don't really care where she's listed. She's been playing as a, <laughs> she's been playing as like a withdrawal nine. I think that's yeah. I really like that role, yeah. especially depending on who's playing underneath her. I think um, Ashley Sanchez has proven that she yeah. can make those runs in behind. So it's really to me less about maybe the individual player, but the mix that um, Blacko puts in and start to see who's really working together. Cause we've seen for Washington, Trinity and Ashley linking up really well with okay. some, with some fun little combination play, but can others start to do that? Right. So um, that's, that's more is what I'm looking for. Just a bit more precision um, being a bit more decisive um, and who can bring that together. Um in terms of combination play.
1: Yeah, I'm with you 100%. When you're talking about Pew and Smith and what they mean to their respective club teams, uh, with only the five forwards listed, I love that you brought up Katerina Macario, right? Someone who that we've been sort of seeing playing kind of that, that lower role a little bit alongside this uh, this attacking core, right? That's presented, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the pitch. I would like to see that about with the four specifically with five listed, right? I think I'm going to be looking yes at who starts and who's going to be getting the time. It, it, are Pew and Smith going to continue to build on what they've been producing for this national team but looking at players like Hatch Purse, Rodman, mm-hmm. along with them, and the two friendlies that are here. I'm wondering if we're maybe even going to continue to see uh, a little bit of those line changes, right? That we've yeah. been seeing from Vlaco Andonovski. He loves a, a hockey line change, uh, <laughs> you know, in in some of these matches. So, will there be a duo that comes out and a duo that comes on? You know, are we going to yeah. continue to see that moving forward? I'm going to be looking for it mm-hmm. for sure. It's an exciting, exciting time. I, I, I'm going to like maybe ask you some hard hitting questions here. I'm, I'm going to ask you. To put on your maybe your gambling hat, so to speak, yeah. if you had to, if you had to put a number on it, mm-hmm. when we're talking Uzbekistan versus United States, United States versus Uzbekistan, we're talking about the, the roster that's in front of us now that we see who is going to be the team that's going to be getting those runs out there. When when you're looking at all that, if you had to put a number on it, mm-hmm. if we're talking about goals here. What do you want to see coming out of this match? Is, is, is If they come out in this match and, and it's a 1-0 win, is that disappointing for you?
2: Yeah, I think it's disappointing um, because of just what we talked about, really, yeah. which is I think no doubt the players that have been selected, the players that haven't been selected that we've seen on a number of these rosters, this team is at its best when it's scoring goals, right? Yeah. When it's on the front foot, when it's, you know, there's combination play, there's excitement, they're finding space between the lines, there's fluidity in the movement. And I think against a team like Uzbekistan, who doesn't have a ton of experience, right. Playing against or no experience playing against the number one team in the world, then that, um, we expect to see goals. We expect to see goals from this team. However, it's more about what leads up to the goals, in my opinion. Um, and the, the finishing product would be just the icing on the cake, because if we are seeing that fluidity, if we're seeing better balls whipped into the box, right, that are, are dangerous and not just floated in and and are hopeful. If we are seeing maybe um, different textured balls that are like maybe not in the air, right. Maybe they're whipped yeah. across right in behind or. Um, Cut back balls, then no doubt will we see goals. In my opinion, so one zero would be disappointing for sure, and I think that would be disappointing across the board for everybody that's called in. Yeah. Um, however, it it is a bit more about the control of the game and getting more players involved. And as I mentioned, like somebody like a Werthe, right? Who we oh, know yeah. can get in. So, um, I don't know if I could put a number on it, but to me, I'll be looking for more of that, like. Yes. Cutting edge. These players are called in for a reason, right? All the things that we've just mentioned, because they've been Mm -hmm. started off really well. They deserve this call up for their play in the league. Exactly what we expect from this league. And and I hope they build on that confidence for themselves because this should be fun, right? It should be fun. It should be fun and exciting time. We're a year out from the world cup, hopefully, because we qualify. Right. So it's more about for me, like seeing that joy and like another level.
1: Let's yeah, play. I'm here with you for sure, especially with this group of players, mm-hmm, yeah. right? This this younger group of pay- players, this sort of expanded pool of players that that Andonowski has been calling in. You want to see that? You want to see ha- want to see him having fun? You want to see mm-hmm. him, you know, finding joy on on the pitch? You know, uh, both in their individual performances. And also with their own, you know, teammates that what they're there, you know, collectively as a unit, but uh, it's going to have to happen uh, with a whole team performance, right? We're going to want to continue to see the continued development of, of some of these younger forwards chatted a little bit about Mac- Macario. We're going to want to continue to see that as well. Uh, you know, especially alongside uh, Rose Lavelle, you know, we, we started to see something special kind of brewing there, but un- unfortunately in those previous matches in February, Lavelle coming out as a precaution and we saw Macario continuing to sort of build out and then yeah. had the, had a couple bangers of her own, right. And in, in she believes cup. So hopefully with these two kind of reuniting uh, in the national team camps, maybe we can continue to see a little bit more, of that development moving on. But uh, I'm with you. I, I don't think we can put a number on it, but I would love to see. Definitely. I would be disappointed if it's like a one zero type matches. I, I, I want to see multiple goals here. I want to see some fun.
2: Yeah. I'll, I'll just add to one point. Cause I think you make a, um, you, uh, I like what you said about Katarina Macario and she, she came to life in the, she believes cup. I think there's one aspect of like, yes, can we find that cutting edge, these young players coming in and now knowing like, Hey, you might not get a ton of chances at this level. You have to be able to put those away. And I think we started to see that after a little bit of an exterior, extended period of time for like a Macario. When is she going to break out? When is she going to break out yep. now? Can you add on to that? Right. And continue to like really start to take hold of this team.
1: I love it. We're going to be watching for it. We're going to do recaps of it. We're going to do previews of it. We're going to be here with all of the coverage for United States women's national team moving forward. Hey, everybody. Thank you all so much for joining us. We appreciate you as always jumping in on the live, hitting us up with your comments and questions. We appreciate all the engagement is, as always. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of attacking third. Thanks for joining us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. And you could do that now at attacking third. You could do that on TikTok. For so much more, we're on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows. We're available as video. Hit subscribe if you're already joining us on the live. YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. Thank you all so much for watching.
0: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
1: Challenge Cup Match Day 3 preview. We've got a ton of games to get in through. It's midweek action for NWSL. But first, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all news and updates at Attacking Third. We also have a TikTok. You can watch cool highlights, uh, some segment breakout videos from us here at Attacking Third. You can watch us at video as well at YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. Be sure to subscribe. Go go subscribe to the TikTok, everybody. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to catch all kinds of good stuff. And who knows? Maybe Lisa and I will surprise you on the TikTok once in a while. So go ahead and check it out. How are you doing today, Lisa? You excited about
0: TikTok? Does that mean we're doing like an in sync dance? Like a choreographed dance? Is that what's on TikTok? I am a grandma. I am a grandma when it comes to this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It might just be me
1: like reacting to things too. Like I might just be, I might just hit someone with a, oh no. And then like a <laughs> clip of like a, <laughs> like a clip of somebody getting magged or something. We'll, we'll I see. I don't know. Word. People can let us know. Let us know what you want to see. Uh, we always love to hear. We can get back.
0: creative on there for sure. We can get creative. We can get creative with this. We can get creative love. with that. Sandra, I'm good. We got midweek action, which I, it comes fast and it comes hard because no, it's Friday, Saturday. Maybe three days off for these players to travel, get a little rest and recovery in, and and same as us for us as preview recaps. This broadcaster is traveling back to to cover some games, um, and then more matches this weekend. So it's quick. This is this is when things get intense and dicey because now we're also seeing match day three so we're getting a little bit of repeat so far in the tournament teams are now playing away for the first time they're now playing at home for the first time there's a lot of ups and downs but um, I'm hyped for this and hyped to chat to you about it how are you on this lovely midweek I'm I'm doing okay uh, you know I I I'm like uh, uh, approaching
1: this with enthusiasm because there's some news that we're going to get into where I'm sure you and I are going to be like, what is going on? But I'm still approaching this with some enthusiasm because this is our first opportunity to do a bit of uh, midweek action for, for NWSL. This is the first uh, week in challenge cup tournament where they're going to, uh, some teams are going to be on a quick turnaround. Like you mentioned mm-hmm. already, let's maybe look at a rundown of, of the slate of the matches that are going to be taking place. This week on Wednesday, March 30th, it's going to be Orlando Pride versus Gotham FC, Chicago Red Stars versus Racing Louisville, Washington Spirit versus North Carolina Courage. All these games kicking off at 7, 730 Eastern time. Houston Dash versus Kansas City current at 830 Eastern time. And we have again once more. NWSL action after dark, Portland Thorns versus Angel City at 10 p.m. Eastern. So a lot of games for folks to take a look at over Wednesday. Five games total. We're going to be missing out on a couple teams. But uh, there's a huge slate here that we're going to have to get through. And we're going to let everybody know about how we feel about some of these matches. Maybe a couple key ones to watch on Wednesday in case you can't watch all of them. Uh, And uh, we're also going to go ahead and give you our picks because we like to do that here on attacking third. But before we take a deep dive into these matches, my gosh, Lisa, we're going to have to go through a little bit of an injury report here before we start getting into these matches. And I'm just like, geez, it just feels like one after the other.
0: And it's not just like a light injury report, which happens. Players get nicks and nabs and and we see them on the injury report questionable or out, but we have a couple SEI season ending injuries that we have to touch on. It's devastating. These poor players. I, I feel so bad for them, Sandra.
1: Yeah, I think we should just hop into it. Just sort of how we've been getting the the news as it's been rolling out uh, over the last couple of weeks. There have uh, been the some 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 announcements, I guess, so to say, especially coming out of week two action for so not just any players, but really key players on on respective club teams. I guess we're going to start with this first one during the Orlando Pride. And North Carolina Courage match. If you took a listen to our recap episode, we did touch on this uh, briefly, and that Martha was a player that had to make an exit from that match very early on. Uh, she went down right around the half hour mark, or so, just or just prior to that. And um, the scenes from that, you just sort of look like, well, that doesn't look like it's a, a simple injury it looked like something it was more complex based on the player's reaction uh the veteran that she is she she went out and, and still tried to give it a go but unfortunately when she tried to make an additional cut um went down immediately once more waved over trainers asked to be subbed out of the game and now post game or post match now into a new week here we have an update from Marta herself. She actually took to Instagram to go ahead and put uh, a post up and uh, letting fans know uh, she writes that, I'm writing this post to inform you that in our game on Saturday, I suffered a knee ligament injury and I will need surgery. Unfortunately, I will be out of the field for a while. This will be another chapter of my story and I'm sure I'll come out of it stronger. Now, now it's time to focus my recovery to get back to doing what I love most, representing my country, my people and my teams. Thank you all for the constant support. And then she put a bunch of heart emojis, right? Representing Brazil or Orlando pride. But we saw that come out, Lisa. And, and of course, we were like, oh, like you just hoped it wasn't the worst. And then it it comes out to, to be what that is. So it's um it's tough to sort of see that from from a legend of the game having to yeah. to go out like that. With an injury. It,
0: it, super devastating. And when this injury happened for Marta, she she jumped up and landed. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she landed, she took to the ground. Uh, yeah. She did continue playing for a little bit, which um, that happens so many times with injuries because it's an initial pop and then you can continue playing. But ultimately coming out – and this is probably one of the most – uh, this is one of the more vague announcements than the other two that we have to to report on because it just says a knee ligament injury right. and that she will be yeah. out of the field for a while. So uh, that's unsure if that's season-ending injury or if that's just a few months of the Challenge Cup. There's a number of different things. I mean, Becky Sauerbron, she had a, a a knee scope done, which is a minor knee surgery, and, and you can – walk and run almost days after that surgery happened so becky sauron hoping to be back by the regular season but unsure about marta for orlando pride but this is a really big loss for the pride and yeah we'll talk, absolutely. yeah we'll touch on it
1: yeah it's uh it, it's coming directly from the player right mm-hmm. so like you mentioned and touched on it just it just kind of it's vague in the sense where she's just referring to it as as a right ligament or excuse me as a, as a knee ligament injury uh if i'm sure if People want to try to find highlights. They'll, they'll try to identify what knee it is or what knee it is or what that means. But uh, nothing from the, the club specifically yet. But I'm, I'm assuming that once she does have surgery, I'm sure there will be some type of update on, on the mm-hmm. success of it or or, or or more details than that. Um, but we had other clubs announcing uh, announcing similar injuries, unfortunately. Turner Davidson from the Chicago Red Stars. The club announcing that she also has sustained a season-ending injury, a torn ACL unfortunately this one coming uh via way of training so not necessarily something that was impacted during that uh, that that match week one game where they had a win against the Houston Dash but something coming out post match uh, sustained uh, during training and unfortunately she will uh no longer be part of the Chicago Red Stars 2022 season and uh, when we're talking about players like Tierna Davidson, we obviously, yes, look at the huge impact that that's going to have for a club like the Chicago Red Stars. But we're looking at a young talent in Davidson and what that means for potentially the United States women's national team uh, mm-hmm. rosters that are going to be announced pretty soon.
0: Yeah, it's all true because of that. And and Davidson not on those rosters because of an injury. This is another huge Devastating loss for Chicago. This is a, a player that Chris Petroselli, head coach of the Red Stars, built his entire defense around in Tierna Davidson. Um, and now to not have that, she didn't play in match week two, match day two for sure. the Challenge Cup. She was out for that one. Um, and and Petroselli saying that it didn't look too good that she would not be playing. Um, and then this announcement coming out about her ACL, just speedy recoveries for for Marta and for Davidson.
1: Yeah. And then we have one more to get through here. Uh, And I guess another unfortunate uh, season ending injury. Uh, This one coming via Kansas city current about Lynn Williams stating that Lynn Williams also will have surgery uh, after suffering an acute injury to her right leg during the opening match against racing Louisville FC. So uh, this one uh, coming out from, uh, directly from actual match play, so maybe the player feeling some uncomfortability, right? Uh, bringing that up to 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 trainers and and, and physicians, and our assumption here is that uh, you know based on on that, further testing is done, right, and then you. You get to see that, unfortunately, it's a ligament, another ligament issue. So um, another huge loss. I mean, this is a player that this franchise just acquired over the
0: offseason. Yeah. yeah, this is a really big loss. Lynn suffered this injury in the opening match of the Challenge Cup on March 18th when Kansas City faced Racing Louisville. It was actually towards the end of that match. She came yeah. down and came off the field, and Kansas City had used all of their substitutes and, and yeah. their sub windows, so they couldn't replace her. And Kansas City played down the final handful of minutes or so of that match and um, Williams on the injury report list for match day two. And now this news comes out uh, just really devastating to see. There's uh, this is very this is not that common to have three really influential players getting Essentially the same injury, two ACLs and one a knee ligament injury specific, specified um, over the course of a two-week span. Is that too much impact in the offseason? Is that training their bodies too hard? Was preseason too long? There's a number of different factors going into this, and I hope sports science is on top of this. These players all wear tracker-jackers, what we called them in college, little devices that track their movement, which leg they push more, which foot they start their sprint with, which foot they land on more. Every single impact of that. And I hope that the studying is is immediately starting to figure out why this happened. If there were contact or non-contact, this is devastating. Three huge players in the league.
1: Yeah, massive, massive. And and obviously we're we're likely going to touch on these players a little bit more as we start getting into these previews and some of our picks, right, for the upcoming midweek action. Let's chat a little bit about those games that are going to be taking place again, March 30th on Wednesday. Uh, Let's take a look at at maybe what we are considering our biggest matches to key in on this week. We've got two that we're going to take a little bit of a deep dive on here. We're going to start with Washington Spirit versus North Carolina Courage. They're going to be kicking off at 7.30. 30 p.m. Eastern time spirit still on the hunt for their first win in challenge cup, North Carolina courage, the uh, team that's undefeated, right. But also the only uh, team that has two wins in this uh, challenge cup tournament. Uh, Do you have any team that you're
0: leaning or sway towards one way or the other? Lisa, who would you be picking in this one and why? I think I'm going to pick North Carolina courage in this one. They are coming off two back-to-back wins. They're not only leading the East region, but they're leading the entire challenge cup with six points in the standings. Um, this is not a rebuild year for Sean Nehas at, at any point. And we've seen the first week from North Carolina, it was like, Oh, okay. This is, This is fun. It was almost surprising to see what they were able to do. And then the consistency carrying over into match day two in the second week of play, they outshot Orlando Pride 17-7 to in that match. And the variety of attacking patterns that we saw from North Carolina Courage and and Kiki Pickett being a big part of that, uh, attacking down the middle, using the flanks to send crosses in, taking defenders on 1v1, getting in behind back lines, quick transition, it was a lot of diversity in the attacking patterns, which makes North Carolina so dangerous and and having that variety of attacking patterns. Um, When you look at Washington Spirit, they were without Emily Sonnet last week. So Amber Brooks stepping in and Amber Brooks getting two yellow cards and a red in last (laughs) week's match for Washington Spirit. So center back is a bit of a question mark for Washington Spirit right now. That injury report is not out yet about Emily Sonnet and and who will be in uh, for Washington Spirit. but. Washington's also a team that we've seen progressively get better. Their first week, zero-zero draw. Second week, it was a 1-1 draw. They got on the board, but they also conceded a goal, a penalty kick nonetheless. Um, and I think we're seeing strides from, from that team happening. We're seeing more shot production yep. from Hatch, Sanchez, Trinity, Rodman. Um, and I think Rodman has gotten better from week one to week two. Yep. It, they're also a young team in Washington spirit. And so this quick turnaround from a, a Friday-Saturday match to a Wednesday match, I think it, they could pose big trouble for North Carolina, but I still give North Carolina the nod on this one. Sandra, what about you? North Carolina, Washington, young squad, team coming off of two wins in North Carolina. Who do you have? You know what? I'm going to go the
1: opposite way. I like all the arguments that you made for North Carolina Courage. And to be honest, I was tiptoeing a little bit back and forth on whether or not I was going to go with a draw or an actual win or loss in this one. But I'm going to be going towards a win and I'm going to be giving that to the home side in this one in Washington spirit. I'm in agreement with what you just said. I feel like if amongst all of the 12 teams that were watching play in these early weeks of Challenge Cup, I'm looking at the Washington spirit and I can see progression. I could see growth. I could see in, in the numbers. I could see it in the way in which they're playing especially if we're just looking at the numbers how they went from that week one scoreless draw to this sort of 1-1 draw uh in the previous week against Gotham numbers far far different in terms of shots on goal shot attempts overall right their xg out through the roof practically so I'm looking to see some more growth and involvement in those areas. I'm going to s- hope that maybe they get not just one, maybe a couple goals in this game against North Carolina courage, but I'm with you on the back lines in this one. There's some question marks for the defense there versus North Carolina courage. There's not, you know, they have uh, their captain in Abby Ursa who's really good at holding things down there and helping sustain attacks and absorbing pressure. Uh, and when we're looking at this attacking presence of washington spirit they're showing us that they can get into the into the mix of that final third but maybe they aren't producing the the breakout goals that we thought we were going to be seeing but you know again we're in the early days of challenge cup maybe this is the game where we're going to see that and uh, there's something about watching these two teams play a little bit i think when we saw it during last year in 2021 the spirit sort of rising up to a certain uh, level of play when it came to going against a team like the Courage, a team that had such you know, a winning culture behind them and, and such big names uh, on on their on their roster and on the pitch. And it's a little bit different for this team this year, right? We, we talk about Coach Nahas and how he doesn't call it a rebuild. He called it a retool and what we're going to see. Mm-hmm. So this is the Courage side that still has those some of those names, right? Where I talked about an Ersig, but there's also somebody like a Denise O'Sullivan who pulls those strings in the midfield. So I think yes could this end in a draw sure but I don't think it's going to end that way I'm going to give it a win and I'm going to give it to the spirit I just think they're going to have more in their attack uh, to make up for what they don't have in the back line at the moment and I also think they have a little bit more in their midfield uh, compared to uh, to the courage so I'm going to go spirit in this one we do have a second match though Lisa that we have as our biggest matches this week we're going to take a look at Portland Thorns FC versus Angel City FC and we wanted to bring this one up because similar to the the East region game that we're bringing up, sort of having implications in that group, you know, if Spirit get a win, it can maybe sort of tip some things a little bit. And honestly, in this West region with this game in particular, already not playing midweek, this can also shake some things up in the region here, too. So when
0: you're looking at the Thorns versus Angel City, Lisa, tell me who you got and why. I have Portland Thorns winning this one. We talked about some question marks in, in the first biggest matchup between Washington and North Carolina. There are question marks here with Angel City. Savannah McCaskill, she received a red card last week, so she is out versus Portland Thorns, and this is a huge loss for Angel City. We've seen the development of Savannah McCaskill in the midfield for Angel City. Her ability to play, make, get on the ball, dribble at defenders, slot passes through to Kristen Press, Tyler Lucy up top. So now missing that connecting presence in the midfield for Angel City is is going to hurt Angel City. And we've also seen from Portland Thorns over the last two weeks incredible growth. We're seeing a new formation in a 3-5-2 being pulled out by head coach Wilkinson for the Thorns. And uh, they played that in their preseason matches. So they had time and competitive... Uh, matches with that formation. In their first week, there was a little, there were some holes also going up against OL Reign that can find the holes. However, in, in Portland's second match, we saw those holes be filled. We saw them problem solving on the pitch in real time with Klingenberg and Kweka and out wide being those wingbacks in the midfield, making them five up. They create these 2v1 opportunities on the flanks for Portland Thorns that make them really dangerous. They also have Sophia Smith and Christine Sinclair, the front. Two that are really fun to watch the veteran Canadian international and the younger Sophia Smith, the United States international. These two players together are are growing tremendously. It's really fun to watch. I have Portland Thorns winning this one, but I think the biggest matchup to watch in this one is Emily Mangus, the center back for Portland Thorns, because without Becky Sauerbron, Mangus has stepped up and done a tremendous job as that central center back in the three back for the Thorns. She'll be matched up with Kristen Press. This matchup is going to be really, really interesting. If Mangus can focus entirely on Press defensively, finding that balance between staying tight to her so she doesn't receive the ball in turn, but also giving Press a little bit of space. That way she can't just run past you with her quick step and acceleration. So the matchup between Mangus and Press, huge, but I still take Portland Thorns in this one.
1: I'm with you on that. I think uh, the loss of McCaskill is going to weigh heavily, I think, for Angel City. We've only seen two weeks uh, in action of this uh, expansion side, but the chemistry Mm -hmm. that's been building between a player like McCaskill and a player like Press, I think, is showing a lot of promise. And I think without McCaskill in the midfield, it's going to leave even more holes that we're starting to see in some of these expansion sides in that middle third. And I'm going to be going with the Thorns in this one as well. I'm also choosing them to win over Angel City, maybe try to take a hold of that West region for at least a little bit of time, right, until All-Rain come on back and play a match of their own. But I just like what we've been seeing from from the Thorns, uh, and I've I've enjoyed what we've been watching from Angel City as well. But uh, I'm gonna want to see something else from this uh, expansion side as well. I think Freya Coombe is gonna have her first little challenge, right, in terms of uh, making some uh, team adjustments. What is this team gonna look like without a McCaskill? Who is gonna you know slot in in her place? Uh, is she? Is that going to trigger other adjustments uh, across the pitch? Are we gonna see Simone Charlie get a start in this game versus coming off of the bench? I mean, we saw this play. come off and impact that game immediately. Ended up leading the team, Uh, you know, and I believe it was a total shots or or chances created in terms of the stats that that she was picking up, just coming in with a a second half performance. So I'm going to be looking for that, even though I'm not going to pick them to win. I'm going with the Thorns, but I want to see these adjustments from Faye Akum. I want to see this team and how they respond to uh, a well-adjusted team like Portland Mm -hmm. Thorns. Let's take a look at some of these other matches, Lisa. We've got three more to get through here. Orlando Pride versus Gotham FC. A little bit of a homecoming, maybe? Like, let's chat a little bit about why there's some different uh, angles coming into
0: this one and tell them who you're picking and why. So homecoming, you you alluded to it. Don't leave the people hanging. (laughs) Allie Krieger and Ashlyn Harris traded from Orlando to Gotham in the offseason. And now Gotham heads to Exploria Stadium in Orlando. Uh, Definitely a homecoming for them. I'm interested how the fans are going to react. So that's why I'm really excited to tune into this because Allie Krieger and Ashlyn Harris are loved, especially in Orlando um, for a lot of different reasons. But now they're on the opposition. Are they going to be greeted with some signs? And, and screaming and shouting and love or is there going to be a bit of a rivalry there uh, developing between these two um, we also saw some drama between these two off the pitch last week so can we see that again will that happen yeah. a little bit um, but we mentioned at the top of this episode yeah. Marta without uh, Orlando Pride is without Marta suffering a knee ligament injury surgery she will not be here this is a really big loss for Orlando Pride they They saw what they had to do without Marta for about 60 minutes in last week's match and it didn't look good. It wasn't great. Sydney LaRue was uh, invisible. I think we're going to need to see a lot more from LaRue for this to happen. Um, And Gotham, they struggled at the start of this Challenge Cup, but they've progressively gotten better. And we've seen moments of... Increase. I, I think um, Scott Parkinson, head coach for Gotham, said something along the lines of it was just a slight step forward last week. It's only small progressive steps we're seeing from Gotham. However, the loss of Marta, huge for Orlando. I have Gotham winning this one in, in this big matchup back at Exploria Stadium
1: yeah I'm with you I'm, I'm taking a look at these these two teams and I'm sure there's people are going to be looking for those angles of like you know oh, facing off against your old team right what's that what's mm-hmm. that going to look like I'm choosing Gotham in this one to to get a result uh, I'm not too sure if it's going to be uh, a draw if, if the pride are going to have enough in them for a third week on a short rest in a row to try to go out there and try to play that kind of scrappy physical match and have it pan out in a result for them even if it's It would be a draw. I just think that there's a little bit more in Gotham's arsenal to come out with the result and that result being a win. I'm going to be going with Gotham because, again, similar to the Spirit, my reasons for picking the Spirit, just sort of seeing the transition and the improvement week Mm -hmm. to week from this Gotham side. And I think against Orlando Pride with some former Orlando Pride teammates on there, there's always a little bit of extra oomph that you're bringing when you're coming and visiting your former team. So I'm going with Gotham FC in this one. I'm going to be curious to see, again, we're talking about adjustments, what Amanda Cromwell is going to be doing and what this Orlando Pride team and how they're going to adjust with losing such an impactful player like Martha. And I think we're going to find out real quick uh, what it's going to look like in this match. But I'm going Gotham with this one as well. Chicago Red Stars versus racing Louisville FC. We're getting into the central region now to close out uh, this episode. Uh, we've got two games, two more games to get through when we're looking at Chicago Red Stars versus racing Louisville. Quick turnaround again for both these teams. Red Stars is going to be hosting this one. Lisa, what are you looking at in terms of this match? And is anyone going to come out on top
0: of this one? As we mentioned, a number of injuries. Tierna Davidson, center back for Chicago, out for this match, out for the rest of the season. ACL tear. So, um, but we saw that last week. Kayla Sharples slotting into the center back role for Chicago and doing a nice job. Honestly, Kayla Sharples got minutes last year and she she, I think, played really well alongside Zoe Morse and and Tatum in the back line for Scott or excuse me for Chris Petricelli. Um, Because of this, uh, we're also looking at a team in Racing Louisville that has had really good moments. We saw a spark from Jess McDonald last week when Racing played, getting on the board for the first time with Racing Louisville. Emily Fox, however, also went out in that game with an injury on Friday, not sure Her status at this point, the time of this recording, if she'll be in there, this is going to be a big battle, a big battle in in the central region. I have Chicago winning it. I think that their attacking prowess is stronger than racing Louisville's attacking prowess right now. And this might be a shootout. We might see a number of goals, a 2-1, a 3-2 in this one, but I still think Chicago comes out on top. I love that. Mm-hmm. No
1: defense all vibes from Lisa. I'm Hill. here for it. <laughs> so of all of all the matches you are like this is this this might be the one that's going to yes. be the shootout. I, I like that. I don't know if it's going to be a shootout, but I'm I'm still going to uh, you know go, go with a pick here and I'm going to after 3 weeks I'm going to go with the home side. I'm going to say <laughs> that Chicago's going to come out with an actual win in this one. You know, yes, Turner Davidson is a, a massive loss for for the Chicago Red Stars side. There's no doubting that and having somebody like Kayla Sharple is able to come on in and slot in right away uh, for somebody like her, I think is, is going to, is a benefit, right? A little, maybe a little bit of an X factor for the Chicago red Stars side, probably when we're looking at defenders that Chicago has on their roster could argue maybe the most informed at the moment was a player who uh, went on loan during some of the off season in, in W league and played in Australia with Adelaide United. Um, you know, uh, saw some time in the playoffs there and came back with the Chicago red stars in time to, um, unfortunately be able to slot in due to an injury. Uh, so we're, we're going to, we're going to see maybe some growth from that, or at least that's what I'm going to be looking for. You know, after getting that first run out with the team, maybe having a little bit more comfortability in terms of being that central figure in this sort of fluctuating three back that we've been seeing from the Chicago red stars. It's going to be a test, right. With with somebody like Jessica McDonald, uh, probably barreling down and, and gunning for that back line. Um, but uh, I'm going to say that Chicago red stars uh, might come out on this on top on this one. I think the weather might be another bit of a little weather yeah. match for folks was looking at the radar because again, I'm, 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 I'm also game time decisions. I'm also like <laughs> do I make the drive out to these matches or not. Like what's going on here. We had a lot of wind and cold and now apparently we're going to have a little bit uh, different temperatures, but a lot of rain. So we'll, we'll see what happens in this one and see if you and I are correct. Lisa, last one for the central region. Houston Dash versus Kansas City. To close things out of our episode here, tell me who you're looking at. What's the result? You got a win,
0: loss, or draw, Lisa, and why? So Kansas City, another player, or another team that's suffering a big yeah. loss in forward, Lynn Williams, ACL tear, so she'll be out. Uh, we've also seen limited minutes over the last two weeks from Sam U.S., uh, a trade in the offseason, both players coming from North Carolina that were hoping to make a really big impact with Kansas City. Um, We've seen growth from Kansas City goals last week. I mean, they got on the board first. They got on the board early last week. However, uh, it was a tough matchup, really tough coming down to the final minutes of the game, a bit of scrappy play from Kansas City, and now going up against a team like Houston Dash that are just coming off of a come-from-behind win over Racing Louisville. They were down 2-0 at at half, and they ended up winning 3-2, um, with Houston, James Clarkson needs to play Sophie Schmidt higher. Looking at the starting lineup, you'll be call able to tell, call them out. You'll be able to tell how this game <laughs> is going to work out based on who Clarkson starts and, and where on the pitch. We're yeah. starting to see fireworks up front from Rachel Daly, Michelle Prince, yeah. and Maria Sanchez. I think that's going to continue. I think the quick turnaround for Houston is actually going to be really beneficial for them coming off yeah. of that. Influential win over Racing Louisville. I have Houston winning this one, uh, but it'll be a battle, I think. But I'm excited to see the forward play combination between Daly, Prince, and oh, nice. Sanchez.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm with you 100%. I think that has the potential to be one of the most uh, dynamic and exciting attacks in the league. And I think we're just got a taste of it right from that week to uh, match that where they had that awesome come from behind win against racing Louisville, Kansas City, though, we're going to have to see this team maybe not just make adjustments, but maybe lean into that. We saw that a little bit already when they had to make those adjustments against the Chicago Red Stars. They went in to Geek Stadium knowing that they weren't going to have a Lynn Williams and then we saw them play a little bit of a different type of attacking game, uh, more methodical than maybe just sort of a whipping in crosses and constantly getting into the final third and just sort of, uh, you know, getting into the shot after shot after shot after shot. We didn't see that with a Lynn Williamless Kansas yeah. City right we saw a little bit of different play and I think that Maybe that adjustment that they already make is an adjustment that they're going to have to lean into a little bit. And quite frankly, I think that could be something that frustrates a side like Houston Dash. So while I'm high on the Dash after their week two win, I'm not too sure if they're going to be able to not find themselves frustrated and be able to come out with a win. I actually think this one is going to come out and shake out to a draw between these two sides. But I hope it's an exciting draw. For sure. So we'll see what happens and we'll come back on here on the recap and obviously chat about if we were correct or incorrect. That's the other thing that we love to do here at attacking third. Thank you all so much for joining us and listening to our preview and our picks. Follow us on Twitter and now on TikTok at attacking third for more. We're on Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. We're also available as videos. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash third and we'll be back on Friday with recaps of these matches and previews of the Weekend Slave of Games. For Sanjordrera and Lisa Roman, this was...